Welcome to Spectacular Slovakia. My name is Anna Faye, and today I'm joined by a very special guest, my mom, Jackie. They would clear their patch and play ice hockey, and then there was us expats with our brooms. So Jackie is just visiting, but she is no stranger to Bratislava and has a lot to divulge about the dynamic Slovak capital. Hello, mom. Hi, Anna. So, Mom, you're here for a visit, but you called Bratislava home long before I did, or at least until I was old enough to understand. Uh, So can you explain what first brought you to Bratislava in the 1990s? I was posted to Bratislava as a member of Her Majesty's Diplomatic Service to the British Embassy to take up um, the position of administration officer and vice consul. Um, that was in 1995. And also it was to um, establish a consular section here in Bratislava. At that point, we were still doing all consular work in Prague. Okay, yeah. So you moved here two years after Slovakia became an independent country. So I imagine your your work was cut out for you. It was. It was very busy. <laughs> uh, so what were some of your first impressions when you came here? Well, we actually drove from the UK uh, to Bratislava because we obviously needed our car to be here. And you were one years old to the day and Brian was five years old. So our car was absolutely packed full and uh, we drove... We'd been driving several days. The first thing we saw coming in the horizon was the communist era buildings, just lots of apartment blocks. So that was a little bit daunting. But as soon as we got closer right into the town, you saw the cobbled streets, the um, beautiful architecture, which was mixed amongst communist era buildings. And then there um, were some modern buildings. So really interesting. I was lucky enough to live in Colaba, which is absolutely beautiful. Our house back, uh, if you went through the back garden, you were right into the woods. And um, I can't remember what's area yeah. that is called uh so kalaba is is part of newtown and for those who don't know it's near the Komzik tv tower and the has a beautiful forest going into the small carpathians so yes it was huh? it was really nice and at that time the british embassy it was just in te- a temporary quarters on Groslingova. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting, um, the building that we were in, when it rained, we had to put the buckets in the hallway because we had some uh, leaks that came in. And also we were instructed by London that we needed to do regular fire drills, but the fire drill um, involved going, basically abseiling down the building. There was a sort of gated little uh, room off the building and you actually had to sort of abseil down. So we didn't really follow that. We would send a diplomatic bag down instead of ourselves. Okay, so if there were a fire, I suppose it would be a bit of a dire situation. We take our chances, yes. <laughs> uh, and as I mentioned before, you moved here just a few years after uh, Slovakia became independent. So what was it like working as a diplomat in a country that was undergoing, I mean, enormous transformation? It was an amazing experience, and I felt very um, fortunate to be part of it. And so you were also a, a young hip mom. <laughs> so what were some of your favorite hangouts within the city? And do they look the same as they did back then? 
That's the problem because I have to say that my memory, this is, we're starting uh, 24 years ago, so mm -hmm. I'm not good at remembering any of the restaurant names. I do remember the Irish pub, or I think now, I, I seem to think we always called it the Irish pub, but you call it the Dubliner now. Mm -hmm. um, that came at some point. I was here for three years at some point during my time. And that was a great place because by then the embassy had moved to Panska, so it was a walking distance to go and have lunch. And it was a great place in the evening to meet up with friends. Um, that was a place I really enjoyed going to. There was when we were in Groslingover, and I've been trying to find it, and I can't find the place anymore. I know we walked along, and there would be a park, and then you'd turn into the park, and there was a restaurant. It was on the left, and it really had the best mushroom soup I've ever tasted in my life and a wonderful pepper steak. And I'd really like to do that, but probably it's not there anymore. But I see there's a lot more new restaurants that have opened. Mm, for sure. And so... I know there's so many memories, but what were some of your most memorable experiences here? Oh, there were so many. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but we we played a lot of broomball. Um, that was great broomball? fun in winter. Well, you know, this is definitely a hockey nation, um, <laughs> but most of us couldn't skate. So broomball is when you have, like, we call them witches brooms, like the straw brooms. And you just wear your sneakers and you take a tennis ball. And we went to a park. Hopefully you'll remind me of the name of it. Uh, I believe Jelezna Studienka. Right, and it mm -hmm. had that open-air stadium. You walked past that, there was a huge lake, and it was just full of activity in winter. There would be lots of um, families and little teams. Um, they would clear their patch and play ice hockey, and then there was us expats with our brooms, and we would hopefully, somebody had left their cleared spot, and we didn't have to clear it. Otherwise, we'd have to bring the shovels out, clear our rectangle, do a makeshift goal. And there's really no rules to the game. Um, you just whack this um, <laughs> tennis ball to and fro. It gets quite rough at times. And of course, we always had big firmest flasks of mulled wine. Mm. So that was great fun. Um, we liked going up um, at night sledding um, in Colibur and they... Um, served you could get grog there was a little hut up there that um they would uh, and so the grog was really warming um so that was nice easter i we i was always a bit scared of easter with this whipping and throwing water i used to try and sort of keep close to home then i wasn't <laughs> sure how that was going to evolve and then the goose when we would go to um the embassy and all the families and all of us would go and have a Slovensky grob. Mm -hmm. um, and that was always an experience. But there just were so many things. And I think also that was so memorable overall um, from the day we got here was the warmth and generosity of the Slovak people. I mean, they made the posting for us. They welcomed us into their homes. They helped us understand and they, they, they were always of course translating for us but we you know they taught us how everything worked here and they were just so warm and helpful so and our Slovak colleagues at the embassy our neighbors everyone was great 
And it sounds like they're also game to try new things, as <laughs> I'm sure when you were walking around with your witch's brooms, <laughs> they were probably concerned at first. Well, we did a few things that concerned them. We also had on Shrove Tuesday our annual pancake race, which was in that strip of park in, that runs parallel to the American embassy. And it usually then was the British embassy against the American embassy. And basically we would have the like, crepe the crepe pancakes like they cook here um we would have a race there you had to do so many flips and run to one end and back again but yes our slovak slovak colleagues went with whatever crazy eccentric thing um we thought we'd do um we had fun that's important <laughs> and uh, was it safe to raise a family here in the 90s when the crime rate was significantly higher than it is now Yes, I would say so. I mean, it definitely there was petty crime. Um, I had a few incidences. We had the roof rack, I think, taken from a car. My purse once was lost. But what is different to living in the UK or the US mm -hmm. with that? Um, Organised crime was quite active then. And there definitely were some scary situations that I experienced but then again, in the U.S., I couldn't say I haven't, I have not experienced some scary situations there. So, you know, it's. Um, um, but what? But for children, I think it was a great place because you probably don't remember, but um, I had you go to the local um, kindergarten up in Kolobar. And so you were fully immersed in the Slovak language and the, the Slovak culture, which I think was a great opportunity mm -hmm. for you. And my son at five decided he'd like to do ice hockey, of which at that point I knew not a thing about the game. But of course, our, our Slovak colleagues, they told me that you go down to the stadium um, to show up. I think it was some unearthly hour of the morning, like five something in the morning. <laughs> and we went there and of course he couldn't skate. He had never put skates on. I'm not even sure where we got skates from. But there were all these kids just racing around like uh, it was unbelievable. And then they gave him a chair and plonked him in the middle of the ice rink. And he was sort of looking a little bit alarmed at that point. But I just shrugged my shoulders. I mean, he <laughs> asked to do that. But it was great because he was the only non-Slovak playing on that Slovan team there. And there was nothing in English, but they all... Again, they were very welcoming. He made sure he always was the last in every drill so he could figure out what he was meant to do. And um, it's he's had a passion for hockey ever since, and he's played it all over the world in our travels. So. Yeah, never a boring day with you as a mom. <laughs> uh, so, of course, so much has changed since you were last here because Slovakia wasn't even in the EU when you lived here. And um, since, um, of course, a journalist and his fiancé were murdered, uh, the largest protest since the Velvet Revolution took place shortly after, and uh, Susanna Chapotova was just elected as the first female president of Slovakia. So could you have imagined such significant changes uh, when you lived here in the 90s? 
I think I could. Yes, it doesn't surprise. I mean, the murder of the journalists was shocking. So, so no, I didn't imagine that, and that was mm-hmm. um, shocking. But as far as um, change, uh, any other change, they were. I, I felt that um, Slovakia seemed to be very open-minded. I mean, at that time, they weren't in the EU or NATO, but um, and they were working towards getting in there. Very, very open to change. And yes, I was shocked with the murder of the journalist. And then what followed, I felt um, how the Slovak public reacted. There's many countries in the world that could learn a lot from that. They showed that through peaceful protest, they could still get changed. There needed there didn't need to be any violence and. Uh, that was amazing, and I was so proud to see the Slovaks being able to bring that about because there was several changes made from mm-hmm. that their protest, wasn't there? Yeah, very positive changes. Mm-hmm. And as far as a female president, I think what is great is not so much that she is the first female president but from what I read about the campaign, it was far more about her being um, the most qualified candidate than being a woman. And I think that alone shows how um, much more progress in the way that the people think. Yeah, the U.S. could learn, learn I think. They could. Uh, so, uh, you know, now I call Slovakia home and you're here as a visitor. Is it hard for you to return as a visitor? And, you know, so much has changed. Is it in any way hard for you? Well, it is very hard because I'm a visitor and now I have to get on a plane two weeks later and leave Slovakia and I Aww. actually want to stay. So, <laughs> so yes, it is hard there. Um no, I I think the change has been very good. Um, from what I, you know, you don't. It's not like I can't recognize the streets that I used to walk along. The old town is beautiful. As far as you following in my footsteps, I think it is great that you've had the chance to come back here because you were here between the ages of one and four. And I remember you didn't really, you had little memories, but you never really experienced, Mm -hmm. you can't remember the experience so well. So now you get to... Yeah, it's been pretty cool. <laughs> uh, and so the last thing I want to know is, uh, have you discovered any new spots on your subsequent visits? Well, there are uh, many more restaurants and mm-hmm. coffee shops and cafes and ice cream places. I could only remember one. I'm sure there were more, but I only remember one. And I wasn't a great fan of that when I was here before. But what I've really fallen in love with is the lemonade. Mm. They do all these different flavored lemonades. So I love Slovak lemonade. And then you keep telling me, but I don't think we're going to get to it this time, that there's some bar that's in a wall or something. Oh, the hidden bar. Yeah, that's cool. Yes, that's, that sounds really cool. So <laughs> maybe next time I can get to that. Oh, yeah, a reason to return. Uh, so thank you so much, Mom, for flying all the way from the U.S. to record this podcast. <laughs> we really appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you like traveling around Slovakia and have recommendations you would like to share with our listeners, let us know at spectator at spectator.sk or on Facebook. 
For full information about traveling in Slovakia, visit shop.spectator.sk to buy our spectacular Slovakia travel guides. This podcast is available on spectator.sk, SoundCloud, or iTunes with new episodes out every Wednesday evening. This was Spectacular Slovakia with Anna Fay, brought to you by the Slovak Spectator, Slovakia's English-language newspaper. A special thanks to Tomáš Rybar for post-production of this podcast. <laughs>